0: Alright, Rebbe, say good morning. Let us let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning. share to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Elul, Shani and Avram Kelman, dedicating all the Shiurim and Joshuas this month in honor of the engagement of their son Yechiel to Alana Falik, in memory of their parents Jerome and Bernice Kelman, Alexandra and Federica. David, Aleihem Zichron we opened the merits of our Talmud Torah, the to an Aliyah, and the family a Nechama to thank Barak, Maya, Sandy Hoffman, Dora Limas, and Avi Malamed for dedicating the Shurman Drushos this month in honor and memory of Ruvain Ben-Emmanuel, Zichron Livrach, we hope that the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshemul Aliyah and the family in Nechama. And our Dafyom Mishin, this of Refua Shalema for Yehuda Ben Michal. Our Week of Learning Sponsors, Matt and Diane Marks on the in, in, in celebrating the birth of their grandson Yehuda Yeshaya ben Moshe Elio, to their children Moshe Elia and Sipi Marks in Lakewood. May he grow a merit may Hashem, El Elchaiel, do meisim tovim and provide the Mishpacha with nachas for many years to come. Mazel tov, Mazel tov, Mazel tov. Well, with that, let us begin. So we'll say today's daf is nun dalid, but you would not know that based on where we are starting. So, Mirat we are picking up on nun on days, 53b, 14 lines down, but we're going to be all right. We're going we're to make it. Tomorrow's also a very short daf. Mirat Hashem, so the universe will be back in equilibrium. So, we'll say we are picking up, 14 lines down from the top, 53b. We actually started this yesterday, but it's a good point of departure for today's shir did you hear anything from Ravi Huda regarding the following issue? Arusa or Doesn't Arusa have Mizonos or doesn't have Mizonos? Now remember again to reorient ourselves a little bit. We started this yesterday. Remember which, what is he dealing with? If you look at Rashi, Rashi explains Arusha Arusa Rashi explains Arusa Achin Remember, we're talking about over here, if a girl is orphaned. So remember again, as we've established, what's talacha when it comes to an orphaned girl? She is, she is supported by the estate, by the estate, by the estate of her deceased father. In other words, even though her brothers are the ones who inherit, she receives, report, uh, she receives support from the estate. The shayla over here is as follows. Now this girl becomes an arusa. So the shayla is as an arusa, is she still entitled to support from the estate? That's the question. Amarleh, he said, Mashmolo was so remember again, this is Rav Christa asking of Rav Yosef. So Rav Yosef said, Amarleh, Mashmolo shmiele. the truth is I never really heard anything explicitly about this, elamisvara, but I would say logically, Lesla. I would say logically that once she becomes an Arusa, She's no longer supported by the estate. Why? So this is very interesting. Why why does she no longer receive support from the estate? Because Bepashtos, once she becomes an Arusa, that means she's connected to this man, to this Arus. The Arus is not going to want her to walk around in a compromised state. So therefore, by definition, once he realizes that she doesn't have a father, he is going to provide support for her. In other words, even though normally an arusa is not entitled to support from her arus, in this case where she is an orphan, the arus is going to recognize that he doesn't want his kalo to walk around in a compromised state. He is going to support her. Therefore, the estate no longer has an obligation to support her. So Rav Chisda said back, So now, get, let me get this straight. So you never heard any explicit answer to my question. You're advancing a svarah. I would tell you, isla. I could argue the opposite way. And I would say that based on logic, that she should be entitled to support from the estate. Why? Because at the end of the day, since the doesn't Nesrosa, any time that there's irisin, right? You never know for sure if the marriage is going to continue forward, right? You never, you never know what's going to happen, because let I see, he might find some type of mom he might find some kind of disqualifying factor. She may find some kind of disqualifying factor. He's not going to start spending significant money on her. In other words, it doesn't make sense logically for him to go ahead and spend serious money on her during irisin, because. Who knows what can happen? Who knows what could he what he could discover? Who knows what she could discover? So therefore again, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, Sora Christus says back Travyose, if you're saying Misvara, I would say misvara would dictate that the Soma would still be supported by the estate. Okay, see Igadani. So there's an alternate version of this discussion. Amarle he said to him I never heard anything explicit about this question, but Misvara Islam. But I would say it logically as well as an alternate version of the previous discussion. But I would say Ms. Lara, she should be entitled to support from her father's estate. Why? Because since the husband doesn't know fully if he's going to marry her. In other words, he may discover something that may ultimately void the relationship. He's going to be reluctant to spend significant money on her. Ms. Svarog, I'm sorry. So Amr Lehi said back to him, if you have heard nothing explicit, less like it, or you're just the opposite. Logically, she should not receive anything from the estate. Why? Because since they had erasin, an Oros is not going to want his Kala to walk around in a compromised state, and therefore pashtos he is going to provide her with support. So interestingly enough, the question is clear, the answer is not right. So the question is a very interesting one, which is Here's what we've established: a girl, right? We, were, we already established in yesterday's daf that a girl is supported from her deceased father's estate until one of two events occur. What are the two events? Either, either bagrus or marriage. Or marriage. Here's the shaila: but marriage classically means what? Nisuin, because up through erusin is when she's living in her father's home. Here's the shaila. So she's supported from the estate. What happens during Aresin? That's our question. Or is it, or in other words, we know until marriage what, which part of marriage. Is she supported from her father's estate during Aresin or not? So I must say, if you notice, so what's the conclusion of the Gimara? The conclusion of the Gimara is are very inconclusive. Right? In other words, the Gimara makes arguments both ways. Interestingly enough, the Rambam, the Rambam Paskin's over here, the Rambam says, he says like this. Um The halacha is Hamazonis pas hanizonos mina achin. Chayim mizonos said Misha sairasin. lo mizonos miachera. Miachera ela ad cetis ares. Shabbos said the Rambam paskins that when a girl is being supported from the estate of her father, so mizonos from the estate ends at erasin. Ends at erasin. That's how the Rambam paskins. Therefore, from erasin and on. The husband will pick up the support obligation. That's other Baskins. Good, let's go back there. Says so Diki Marok. we'll see some other interesting cases. was an interesting case. Remember, we've seen this before, we, we, we spoke about we focused on not much in the So we'll say, so we know a father has an ability to marry off his daughter. Okay? Now, remember, we also pointed out that let's say the father died. The mother or the brother has the ability also to marry off the daughter. But again, what kind of marriage is it? It's marriage midrabanon. It's marriage midrabanon. So here's some vaharaya, If the girl who's in this marriage decides that she wants out, how does she terminate the marriage? She simply refuses. Meon. Meon, that's all. She refuses the marriage and she's out of it. So say here's the interesting shiloh. So now you have a girl who was married off, let's say by her brother. Okay, so father's died. She's married off by her brother. She doesn't like the marriage anymore. She refuses. She does mean. So now what's the shailah? Does she does she become entitled again to support from the estate? Right? So in other words, does she go back to being supported from the estate or not? So Mima NS Yesh the good of So we learn this. If a girl is in Almana in her father's home, in other she was widowed, or ultimately again she's divorced and she's living in her father's home, or she's waiting in her father's home, ultimately again she is entitled to Mizonos. Now, if like you look at Rashi, actually, nah, yeah, sorry, Eliuda Omer, Oda Mizonos, Eina Mizonos, in the Mazonos, Rabbi Yehuda says, if she's still in her father's home, she has Mazonos. If she's not in her father's home, she doesn't have Mazonos. Says the Gemara, sounds like they're saying the same thing. That if she's living in her father's home, she's entitled to Mazonos. Rabbi Yehuda, I know Tana Kamo. I love Mima Enes, Ika the case of Mima Enes is Dinath Kamina. The Tana isla. the Tanakama holds that a Mima Enes is entitled to Mazonos. Rabbi Huda Sabar Leslaw. And Rabbi Huda holds that ultimately again I mima Enes, is not entitled to Mizonos. So I will say fundamental, fundamental distinction, ultimately between Rabbi Huda and Rabban. So I will say, so again, fundamental machlokes, how do we paskin? So I will say, I'm just brow these up to you the Rambam says, it's actually same parak. I didn't quote you before the Maramakum. This is all in Hilchos Ishos Parak Yurtes. So the previous halakha that we discussed was halakha Tes Vov. This is halakha Yudal. So listen to this. Bas <laughs> Rama Paskins, if a girl does mion, if a girl does mion, she is restored back to her father's home. Source, in this case, the father's dead. She's restored back to the estate and once again is supported from the estate. Incredible. <laughs> So it's an interesting case. What about the daughter of the Yevama? Yeah, I'm boss says, "So j- just to understand what happens over here, Reuven was married to Rachel." Switching gears a little bit over here. Ruven is married to Rachel. Oh, I'm sorry, no, right? Reuven is married to Rachel. Reuven dies without children. He dies without children. So Reuven has a brother, right? Rachel does Yibum with Shimon. Rachel and Shimon have a daughter. A daughter. So I'm going to say, here's the Shiloh. So the Gemara says, So Yivama, Mizonos Is a Yivama, Is a Yivama Entitled to Mizonos Or not? So say, So now, Watch this. So the Gemara says as follows, So Bas Yivama, So now, Again, remember, The daughter of the Yivama Is entitled to Mizonos Or not? So the Gemara says, So Now I remember, Again, say, Back to our Yivama stays a little bit. Ksuva is against whose estate? Rachel's k'suva is against Ruvain's estate, right, her deceased husband. Remember, Shimon has no obligation of a k'suva. He has an obligation with the k'suva satisfied to So do we say, therefore, again, since, since Rachel's k'suva comes from Ruvain's estate, therefore Rachel's daughter is supported by Ruvain's estate as well. So the Gemara says, de so, so here's the interesting question. On one hand you could say, on one hand you could say, since Rachel's Suva, so let's play this out. Rachel's Suva comes from Ruven's estate, Ruven the deceased husband. Now remember, the obligation to support Adur Rabosa is what? Etnaik Ksuva. Right, ultimately again that is a function of Ksuva. So maybe daughter is supported from the estate. Daughter is supported from the estate that has the obligation of Ksuva, since Ksuva obligation comes from Ruven's estate. Therefore, Rachel's daughter, even though her daughter is from who? From who? From Shimon, the Yavam should be supported from Ruven's estate. On the other hand, and therefore again she's not entitled <laughs> to any mazonos from Shimon's estate. On the other hand, What's the halakha if Reuven died and he had no money? Whose, whose estate does, Ru- does Rachel's Suva come from? Right, who is it? It comes from Shimon. So therefore, maybe Shimon has a support obligation. To which the Gemara says, teku. Which the Gemara says, ultimately, again, we're not exactly sure about that. The Gemara ends off without without answering that. Okay, so, there was, so that that's the last part of this. So let's go back there. Fascinating idea. So I'll, say, so, I'll just tell you. In this case, also here, I didn't. I didn't actually quote this. I didn't quote this over here from saying, the So, the is: say, we're going to see that ultimately, in this case, where Reuven dies and he does not have an estate, or there is no money, so ultimately, support obligation for Ruffel's daughter will come from Shimon's estate. So, Shimon will ultimately again have the obligation. To support his biological daughter. Okay, beautiful. Says Kavaiter. So what? the following an interesting case. Again, a lot of Chazal from Yivamis today. Remember, there is a concept of a shnia. Shnia means a erva midirabanan. Right. So there is ervas doreisa, and then there are and then there are there are rabbinic ervas. Let's say a man marries a rabbinic erva. <coughs> Excuse me. A man marries, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm fine. Thank you. A man marries a rabbinic Ereveh. A man marries a rabbinic Ereveh. Also, but marriage works. They have a daughter. They have a daughter. So, vashnil, mm-hmm. l'mazonos, Ultimately again, i will say interesting, shaila: Is this girl entitled to mazonos or not? So here, she is the product of a rabbinically prohibited marriage. Is she entitled to mazonos? So, top of nondar, we'll say 54a. Gave him the less laksuva, less la So we'll say on one hand, remember, if a man marries a shniyah, there's no ksuva, which makes sense. Chazal only instituted a ksuva when, 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 in a legal marriage. But if you're marrying illegally, there's no ksuva. So on one hand, we could say that since halachalam ayisa, when Ruve marries Rachel, and in this case, Rachel is a shniyah. So since there's no Ksuva, there is no so there's also no support obligation for the daughter, O Is I'm sorry, On the other hand, maybe you could say, who did Chazal penalize? Chazal penalized the mother. Because the mother did something wrong. She married illegally. But the daughter did nothing illegal, right? The daughter didn't do anything. So maybe she should not be penalized and she should receive Mizonos even though her mother does not have a Ksuba, to which the Gemara says, Teiku. Gemara leaves it open. So here's an interesting case. The daughter of an Arusa. And I will say, how exactly do you have the daughter of an Arusa? So it's a simple case. Chassan and Kala clearly spent a bit too much time together. Right, so, we'll say, so in this case over here, right, Ruben and Rachel, now again, again, they're married. They had Eresin. They had Eresin. They jumped the gun a little bit. Right, they had Eresin. And now they have a child during Eresin. So we'll say, interesting, Shailah. So ultimately, again, so Ruben and Rachel married. They have a daughter. Is daughter entitled to Mizonos during Eresin or not? So, on one hand, Kevan de Islai Ksuva isla Isla. So, we'll say, on one hand, interestingly enough, since Rachel has a Ksuva, maybe the daughter, maybe the daughter has Mizoros. So was always mean Rachel has a Ksuva. Look at Rashi. Kevan de isla Ksuva, Kevan Kegon Sheikasavla mina Irosin, i nami rabonontaku nami la Rusin. I will say, I just want to point out something interesting because we see this back and forth a little bit which is, you see this little bit of ambiguity in the Gemara, as to at what point in time does a husband have an obligation for k'suvah. Now the truth is, I already showed you the Rambam on this, and the Shulchan Aruch, and the Rambam Shulchan Aruch Paskin, that halokha Maisa, the obligation for k'suvah doesn't begin until nisuin. That's how they Paskin. Even though that's how they Paskin, the Gemara clearly goes back and forth with this yesod. And identify, so, so Rashi says, maybe we're talking about a case where a husband obligated himself in Ksuva as of Erison. Or no, maybe the core, maybe the core obligation for Ksuva does exist as of Erison. So on one hand, maybe we say, since there's some type of Ksuva obligation by Erison, therefore there's a of Mizonos. So we're going oh Dilma, came from the low ta'kinu, the Ksuva, at Shast Nisuin, or maybe not, maybe Xuva doesn't really apply up until Nisuin. And therefore, ultimately, again, there's no obligation of support. Teku. So we'll say the once again says Teku. Good. So by Repapa, another Kasha. Repapa asks the following Anusa, Yesh Lamazonos, Inamzonos. We'll say a very interesting case. Let's say a man violates a woman. Ruven violates Rahul. They have a daughter. If they have a daughter. So now is Ruvein obligated in the support of this daughter? To which the Gemara says, well let's analyze. So the Gemara says, Alibut Rabiyosi Rabbi Huda Lotibailha Damar Yesh Lak Suvamana. So I was like that's not a shy look, because Rabysi Rahuda holds. And also remember again, what's talking when a man violates woman? What's the allochha? What's talking? So remember again, we 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 did this, we spent a lot of time on this. So first of all, there's multiple forms of repayments, right? There's knas there's Sheves, there's Ripui, there's Boshas, and there's also an obligation to marry her. Right? There's also, the only people who could object to the marriage are, are the woman herself or her father. Right? The violator cannot. So interestingly enough, Rabbi Yosef Yehuda holds, there is also a Ksuva. He's obligated in Ksuva to her. So therefore, Rabbi obviously, since there's a Ksuva, that also means that he has an obligation to What? To support the daughter. Support the daughter. <coughs> so <coughs> so <coughs> the khalib the, Rabbana. the Rabbana hold that there is no ksuba. The rabbon hold that the penalty payment is in lieu of a ksuba. So so according to them, here is the shaila. So what do we say? <coughs> So do we say that since there's no k'suva, therefore, violator ruving has no support obligation towards his daughter? Odilma k'suva ta'imamai. say, why did Chazal institute k'suva? We actually never explicitly articulated this, but it is interesting to point out. We'll say, ultimately, actually, I'm sorry, we did articulate it. We'll talk about it more in depth. Why did Chazal institute a k'suva? Rebo we'll say, the Gemara says, K'dayi shalotei what were Chazal concerned about? Chazal were concerned that, that if divorce was too easy, a man might simply get upset at his wife, and what? Summarily divorce. Remember, since the whole get process is a little bit, remember, it's, it's not the power is not equally vested in both parties. Like, the get the, the power of the get is strongly shifted towards the husband. So the husband could just summarily divorce his wife. So how did Chazal level the playing field a little bit between husband and wife? Ultimately aksuva. Because what a, ksuvah. a, ksuvah. When a says it's fine, you want to get divorced, okay, but there is a significant financial payout. So therefore, that significant financial payout causes a husband to be a little bit more dispassionate in making his decision. So the Gemara says, therefore, ksuva is there to make a husband think twice about getting divorced. However, in this case, Bahala Matsi Mafikla. Now was say in this case of the violator, do you need a ksuvah? Do you need a ksuvah? No. Why? Because the Torah itself says, that ultimately, again, the violator, is never permitted to go ahead and divorce his wife. So therefore, maybe over here, there's no ksubah. but because there's no ksuva, therefore what? There's also no support obligation, to which, the, once again, the Gemara says, take So the Gemara leaves it as an open-ended question. So the Gemara goes weiter. At tehe So remember, So remember, we're working the way through the Mishnah. What did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah pointed out, the Mishnah pointed out that Halakha one of the other clauses in the Kisuvah, sorry, one of the other clauses in the Kisuvah is that Halakha the husband says, if I die, if I die and you are a widow, so Halakha you can live in my home all the days of your widowhood. So it sounds like from the Mishnah that Halakha the widow has the ability to live in the estate up until the time that she gets remarried. So let's analyze this a little bit. So both say really fascinating story. So the tiny Rav Yosef, Bebeisi, you could live in my house, but not my hut. Now what does that mean? Take a look at Rashi, right across. He say first wide line on Nundal 54a. First wide line, Nundal on the right across in Rashi. Beisi, Bebeisi, you could live in my house, but not my hut. Allah says, Allah, mother, l'fi kvoda, ve'en yechodin, l'omar, l'chila, beis avicha, we'll very interesting, Allah. assuming the husband has a home that is large enough for everyone, the widow has the right to live in the home. And the assuming so the orphans, because we'll say these cases make most sense if you imagine they are talking about a widow who is not the mother of the orphans. So now, father dies, sons inherit the estate, and there is this woman living with them. Now, granted, the woman is their stepmother, is their father's, is their father's wife. But you know, not, not all not all situations of step parents necessarily work <laughs> out well. So the idea is like this: I might have thought that the orphans could say, "Listen, thank you. You are a wonderful life to our father. But this, we don't we don't want to live together. So you go live in your father's home. Go back to your family. We will support you. We'll provide you with support." So what the Mishnah teaches us is that assuming that the home is large enough to accommodate all of them the Yisomin do not have a right to force her out they don't have a right to tell her that she has to go live somewhere else however Rashi says let's say the father did not leave behind the house but instead a hut they will say a hut is a, is a bit hyperbolic what it means is the house is too small for everyone to live in In that case, in that case, the Gemara says, In that case, the Yisomin can tell her, listen, we're going to support you, but you can't live here. The house is not big enough for all of us. And I will say, (laughs) the idea over here is, the idea over here is that Yosef is darshining. He says to her, you can live in my house. House, by definition, means what? A domicile capable of accommodating everyone. But if the domicile is not capable of accommodating everyone, they can tell her, you move out, and we'll support you. But they have to support her. Now, very interesting. She says, no, no, no. If the house is too small, and she has to, and she has to leave, ultimately, again, Barabashi says, they're not even obligated to support her. I will say, now, interestingly enough, what's the logic behind that? Sounds like, according to Mar Barabashi, the support obligation is a function of living together. Once they can't live together, by definition, there is no longer any support. The Gemara says, furthermore, the less Hilchisakim Mar Barabashi, the alocha does not follow Mar and even in a situation where, let's say, the house is not big enough to accommodate all of them, and therefore she's going to move. They still have an obligation to support her. Armor of Nachman Amr Shmuel. interesting case here. Tavualino saving his paisa in Lamazonos. Well, here's interesting case. So let's say Ruven is married to Rachel. Ruven is married to Rachel and Ruven dies. Sinabo says what's happening? Assuming so the house is large enough. So Rachel is living in the house. Rachel's also being supported by the estate. Now, let's say Raqqal gets a marriage proposal. Right? So, she gets a marriage proposal, call it from Shimon, and she accepts. She accepts. So, what's the halacha? Aim will say, once she accepts a marriage proposal, halacha la support ends. That will say, now, what's the logic? Rashi points out over here, because remember, again, the lashon of the lashon of the clause in the Ksuvah is, you will live in my home. Koyeme megar almino all the days of your widowhood. So the idea the Gemara is saying is, once she accepts a marriage proposal, then what? Then what? Her widowhood has effectively come to an end. Now, what's interesting about this is, it sounds like the acceptance of the marriage proposal, even without formal irison. The idea is that she has accepted a marriage proposal that by definition ends the widowhood and therefore ends the support as well. Incredible. So the Gemara says, Which sounds like if she didn't accept the marriage proposal, she still has mezonos. Listen to this. I'm sorry. So let supposed to listen to this. is actually quite fascinating. But Ravanan said, I think it's even more than this. If, she, if she's receiving marriage proposals, right? And she says, I can't accept. I can't accept. I'm, I'm too, right? I'm, I still feel too connected to my husband. Right? I don't feel it's right. So I'll say, if she's declining marriage proposals because of her husband, then or because of her deceased husband, then it's still called that she's in her widowhood and she still receives she still receives support. But if Halo maisa she's declining marriage proposals, why? Because Mr. Right number two has still not come onto the scene, that shows that her widowhood is effectively over and the zonos is terminated. In other words, we both say essentially, essentially what Ravanana is saying is if she's dating, if she's dating, right? Wonderful forever, if she's dating, that, that seems to be an indication. That this chapter of widowhood has come to an end, and therefore again Mizonos is terminated. Amrchistah. Zinsa Elam Mizonos. Well, let's listen to this case. Ravchista said, What if she committed an act of Znus? They will say, now Znus is relative over here. What does Znus mean in this case? She had relations with a man. They will say, now to be clear, she's not married, right? It's not it's not Znus in terms of like partial znus. The idea is she had she had an intimate relationship with another man. So we'll say not marriage, not marriage. She no longer has So we'll say the idea of being intimate with another man indicates to us that what? Her widowhood has come to an end. So I'm going to will say if she's applying makeup. means she's making herself look attractive. Now why is a woman making herself look attractive? Ultimately because she wants to get remarried. Right? It will say, by the way, it's also interesting. You find this fascinating, the idea like today, if you would ask, like I think if you, it's just how societal norms change, it would be interesting to see like if a woman makes her, puts on makeup, so love dafka, she's doing it for others, she's doing it for herself, a person wants to feel. So it's just fascinating, I think these are societal things. Bismarcki if a woman is putting on makeup and accessories, she's doing it, she's doing it, and she's not married, she, right? If she's married, she's doing it for her husband. If she's not married, she's doing it, why? Why? To get married. It's just, these just, it's, it's societal nuances are fascinating. Anyway, if she goes in and she puts on makeup and accessories in La Mazaros, that indicates to us that she has intention to get remarried, and therefore the Mazoros obligation ends. So, so the opinion that says Zinsa certainly includes getting dressed up, right? Adore accessories and, and makeup. But the one who says that if she starts putting on makeup and accessories, that her mizonos ends, would say, however, Zinsa isla. Even if she was intimate with another man, she still receives mizonos. My taima Yetzir Ansa. I was say Ansa means what? Shed a moment of weakness. Shed a moment of weakness. say, by the way, what a profound Gemara to learn. In other words, Rachel lost her husband. Rachel lost her husband. She's a widow. She had a moment of weakness, and she was intimate with another man. I will say, everyone has moments of weakness. So, what's interesting about this is, don't let the moment of weakness indicate that her mourning for her husband or her connection to her deceased husband has come to an end. She's still a widow. She's still a widow, and she's still living in she's still living in that widowhood. She's still living in that widowhood. She had a moment of weakness, and ultimately, again, committed an act of znos. But the mind says she's still she's still in kol meger amin Which I will say by the way is something so fascinating. Because what is the Gemara saying? What is the Gemara saying? That you could commit an avera, that you could have you could have a lapse, but the lapse doesn't remove you. From your primary state. So Rachel had a lapse, but the lapse doesn't remove her from her widowhood. this is such such good news for us. Because what does it tell me? What it tells me is my state, Rebbe my state of being, is, My state of being is that I'm a child of the Rebom My state of being is that I am Dovok, I cling to Hashem my state of being is that I am in love with the Rebun and I try to always be with him. But sometimes what happens? Yayzer al bisham. Sometimes I have a lapse. Sometimes I have a lapse. So sometimes we think that the lapse, the lapse, the ave or the lapse removes me from my primary state. I'm no longer a son of Akradish Baruch Hu after my lapse. I no longer have the to Hashem after my lapse. But what do you see from here? Not true. A lapse is a lapse, but that's exactly what it is. It's a momentary removal, but it does not go ahead and fully remove me from my primary state. Just like Rachel remains a widow, despite the fact that she was intimate with another man, it was a lapse. So too, even when we have our lapses in life, which we all experience, those lapses do not remove us from our primary state of connection to the Rehbana Shalom. Such an incredible and overwhelming Gemara. says, By the way, the Gemara says, the halacha does not follow any of these rulings. Rather, how do we hold? So I will say it's interesting. At what point in time does support from the estate come to an end? When she claims her ksuva. When Rachel shows up and weighs and she says, Okay, I want, I want my ksuva, at that point in time, the moment she claims ksuva, Mizoro sends. Rebbe Sala, obviously, if she gets remarried, if she gets remarried, of course, Mizoro sends. In other words, at the moment of remarriage, the estate would also pair her out her, her ksuva and she would be done. But the idea is, even if we see that she's dating, she's getting dressed up, she's going to shidduch, she put together her shidduch resume, all these different things. Halacha lemaisa, halacha lemaisa, mazonos remains until she claims her k'suvah. V-Zimar says, "Velo vatanah." We learned machrek suvasa, mashkenak suvasa. So we'll say, listen to this case. case. If someone sold her k'suva, or she collateralized her k'suva, or she made her k'suva an apotiki means right, an appointed place of repayment, she did this to someone else, in So we'll say, in other words, if she did any of these things with her k'suva, she does not have Lomazonos, honey in, tova So we'll say, it sounds like only if she did these things with her k'suva. But not if she claimed the k'suva, to which the says no no no, honey bain bain So Tov says these items, if she I will say, if she utilized her k'suva in any of these ways, in basedin, outside of based that effectively ends Mizoros. However, Tovas, Bebazdin in Shaloba Based low. But if she claims her k'suva, I will say the moment she claims her k'suva, either in based or outside of Basin, that ends, that ends Mzoros. So therefore I will say, Halokal Mait's Wakh here is as follows that if a woman claims she asks for her payment of her k'suba, whether she asks for that payment in Din or outside of Din, the Mazoro's obligation comes to an end, that's possibility one. Possibility two, if she uses her ksuva in some type of business transaction. She sells the ksuva, collateralizes the ksuva, uses the ksuva as a form of repayment. Halach HaMais at that point, Mezonos obligation ends as well. Let's go weiter. The Kachayu Anche anchi So let remember again. The Mishnah contained an interesting machlokas. What was the machlokas? The machlokas in the Mishnah was the machlokas. In the Mishnah was as follows. The Mishnah quotes and says that the support obligation, right? The, the minot of Yerushalayim and the Galil was that a husband was obligated, to, the estate was obligated to support the widow all the days of her widowhood, right? And the estate, the estate would just have to bear the support. In Yehuda, they had an interesting they had an interesting phrase. In Yehuda, they would say, they would write, ha in, in Yehuda, they had an interesting right, that the Yarshin, the inheritors, could choose to pay, they could support her, but they could also choose to terminate support by paying out her k'suva whenever they decided. So, an interesting distinction. So, again, in Yushayim and the Galio, the estate had to support the widow until the widow decided to collect her ksuva or she gets remarried. In Yehuda, power was vested in the heirs. And the heirs could decide at any point in time, we don't want to support you anymore. Here's your ksuva, hatzlacha So, it says the Gemara itma rav amar Allah <laughs> kaanshi huda. Rav says aloha zaykanshi amar aloha kaanshi galeel. And Shmuel says, "No, the is like Anshe Galil." Rabbi says, "Galil is Galil and Yerushalayim, Galil." So the Gemara says, "Bovel v'chol parvad, v'chol parvado, no K'rav So Bovel and all the surrounding areas conducted themselves like Rav. Nardo v'chol parvadah, no k'Shmuel. And Rabbi says, and all the surrounding areas ultimately went ahead and conducted themselves, conducted themselves like Shmuel. Like Shemuel, good says the Gemara. Listening to this, so he bas mechuzah to have a There was a lady from Mechuzah who married a man from Narod. Also, came Nachman. So ultimately, again, so they came before Rav Nachman. Shama de the bas He heard from her accent that she was from Mechuzah. kirav So apparently, Mechuzah was uh, was an outlying city of Babel. So Rav so Nachman said, Oh. Bavel and all of its surrounding areas. passing like Rav, They "But But this lady married a guy from Narda,. Ultimately, again, Nar and all the surrounding cities ultimately conducted themselves like Shmol. And i we'll about say, how far does Narda extend? So the Gemara says, up until the area where they used the Nar measurements. Okay, so I will so fundamental in the Mishnah again, and I was say this was just based on locale. So in some places, the support obligation of a widow continued until the widow herself got remarried or demanded her k'suva. Yet that was in Yerushalayim and Galil, in Yehuda, ultimately support of the widow was dependent on the heirs. The heirs could support her as long as they want, but the moment they decided they didn't want to, they had the right to pay out her k'suva and support ended. Itmar, I say another interesting aloha. Amona, I will say now listen to this. We're transitioning now to Ksuba. So, assuming now the estate is ready to pay out the Ksuba of the Rav Amar Shamin Masha'alah. I will say this is fascinating. So, Amona shows up. Amona shows up to him. Rav says, included in the valuation of the Ksuba is the clothing that she's wearing. Her clothing is considered to be the property of the estate. So, if you can imagine. Okay, so Rachel's married to Ruvain. Ruvain dies. Ruvain dies. Rachel decides now she wants to strike out on her own. So therefore, again, she comes to, she demands her Ksuba. She comes to Basin. She shows up to Basin, wearing her mink, right? Wearing her fur coat. So Basin says, okay, Rav says, fine. But that fur coat, by the way, that's the property of the estate. And therefore, that's fine. It's yours. But it's part of, but it's part of the Ksuba valuation. Shwala Shmol says, no, Inshallah. No, no, no. Clothing belongs to her. Clothing was given to her, and therefore Allah is not part of the valuation of the estate. Say, the opposite is a locket. say, a locket was a worker. Now this is an interesting arrangement. The locket, I was someone who worked for you. You didn't pay him a wage. You didn't pay him a wage. He lived in his house. He lived in your house. Essentially, you gave him room, board and clothing and clothing. So the Gemara says they, they held the opposite by the worker. <laughs> Rav Kahana Masli the chay balakid. Rav Kahana said no, no, no. The same opinions about whether or not clothing belongs to the individual belongs to the estate. The same machlokis by a wife is the same is by a worker. Um, yasma um, Nachmin, even though we learned in the Mishnah like Shmuel, hilchasak havasei Rav, the halacha still follows Rav Disnan. Echad hamakdish nechassav, ve'echad hamarich esatzmo. But if a person consecrates his property or a person pledges his value to the base of mikdash, ainlo b'ksus ishto, velo b'ksus barav, a person has no rights in the clothing of his wife. In the clothing of his wife, right, and not in the clothing of his children. Velo b'tzavah shetzavah lishman, or even dies that he died on their behalf. Velo b'sandalim chadoshim shalakach lishman, not even with new shoes that he purchased from and didn't yet give them. So what does this indicate? What this indicates is the clothing of a wife belongs to who? To a wife. It's hers. It's hers. Now interestingly enough, this this is the position ultimately again of Shmuel, but yet Ta'aloch still follows Rav. I don't understand. If you just quoted a Mishnah, that Paskin like Shmuel, why would the Halacha be like Rav? <laughs> Even though at first glance, it looks like the Halacha follows Shmuel. When you delve a bit more into it, the Halacha follows Rav. How so? So the Mishnah says, What's the reason? Because they will say again, the Pashtos, when a husband gives his wife something, I will say, why does a husband give his wife something? It's with the understanding that what, that what, that they're going to be married. That They're going to be married, right? That that, that that's the intention. That's why a husband gives his wife stuff. He doesn't give her stuff with the intention that they're no longer going to be married. And therefore, I'm going to say that is why Shmuel Paskins that halacha. I'm sorry, that's why Rav Paskins that halacha l'ma'isa, halacha l'ma'isa when they when let's say the estate is settled. In this case, the payment of the k'suvah, ultimately again, part of that payment includes the clothing that she is wearing. And I will say, I'll point out, interestingly enough, the Rambam passage is something interesting. The Rambam passage is in Hilchos Ishos. Perek Teznai Na'aloha Dalet, the Rambam says, Bechey neskinu shekishetavot ligboz k'suvah sa'acham osso. Looks good, he goes on, he says, V'shomim lo ma'sha'aleha. Incredible. The Rambam passage is in Hilkos Ishos, what she comes wearing to based in what she comes wearing to din, ultimately, again, is included in the Ksuva settlement. So, even the clothing on her back, ultimately, again, becomes part of the Ksuva settlement. The Gemara goes weiter. So, I will say, the daughter-in-law, or a daughter-in-law, of the house of Bar-al-Yashiv, wanted to collect her k'suva from the estate. In other words, the widow wanted to collect her k'suva from the estate. So what happens? Amr, the Gemara says, She took, so the widow was taking the orphans to Baisdin. Amr, Amri, so the sons, the inheritors, said, So the Gemara says, Listen to this. So the orphan said to the widow, Fine, we'll come with you to but do me a favor. We are a a family. Make sure to come dressed very nicely to Bezdin. Then they said, Come dressed very nicely. So the widow said, Fine. She went ahead and she dressed up very nicely, right? She put on all of her nice clothing. Amana Shamin Ma So ultimately again it's fine, but ultimately again they came up for Ravina, Ravina Savali pascan, like Rav. Again, I will say this was a case. It sounds like the backstory was that these summon felt that the widow was taking a certain advantage of the estate. And they wanted the based to see all the stuff that she has. So she came wearing all of her nice adornments. And Ravina said, Wonderful, beautiful. We're going to give you your ksuva. But understand, those items are part of the ksuva settlement as well. The Gemara goes right there. So, how do I remember Nidunya Libras. So, let's listen to this. How do I amar the whole? How do I Nidunya Libras. Ultimately, I will say, Here's the case. A man goes in and says, Narashi says, This is a shrimera. A man who's on his deathbed. A man who's on his deathbed and he wants to go ahead and give a certain dowry to his daughter. Look at Rashi, second to last line, Rashi. Nudunya lebras, ketzu say A man established a certain amount of items for nedunya for property, for, for dowry for his daughter. He's on his deathbed, he's establishing dowry. What's talokho? Zol Nudunya. And we'll say, let's say again, the nedunya depreciates, so the Gimara Sik becomes cheaper. Amraviti bar Avin, por no Ultimately, again, any profits go to the sumra. We'll say, let's say, so let's say the father said, I want to give items A, B, C, D, and E to my daughter. And will say, let's say the price of the value of those items go down. So on one end the week, we could see, me, what the father was guaranteeing was what? The value of the items, the value of the items. And so now that the item is appreciated, you have to give her more for her, for her dowry. a dowry. says, no, no, no. What we look at, I will say, is the father wanted to give her those things even though those items depreciate in value, give her those things. The idea is, any type of swing in profit remains with the estate. Remains with the estate. <inaudible> Again, a man says about his daughter, I'm going to say, A man says, I want to give 400 Zuz worth of wine to my daughter. This was the dowry. This was the dowry, right? Four, 400 Zuz worth of wine to my daughter. So, Iyakir Hamrah. I will say, now what happened? They will say, so let's say for argument's sake, at the time that he said it, at the time that he said it, excuse me, at the time that he said it, let's say 400 zoos worth of wine was, uh, was uh, 100 barrels. And then what happened? Iyay K'chavrah, wine goes up in value. So now again, it's only 80 barrels. So what's that? I will say, Rav Khaliyasmi. Ultimately, I will say, so again, remember, the idea here always is any change in status the Prophet always goes to the estate. Rabbi Yochanan, Isas, Abba, It was a very interesting case over here. Relatives of Rabbi Yochanan, so the relatives of Rabbi had a, had a, literally again, a wife of their father, which means again, so relatives of Rabbi Yochanan had a widow living in their home, right? So the father died, the widow is living in the house. Listen to this. Apparently, she ate a lot. <laughs> she ate a lot. So she is burning through Mizonos like no one's business. Right? So I will say, So what's going on over here? So, Rabbi <laughs> so, so they come Rabbi Ochanan. Come Rabbi So Rabbi says, Like this. And I will say, Now, I want to point that over here. What's happening over here is, What's happening over here is, the father's still alive. In other words, he, see, here's the interesting case. It sounds like they're the kids, right? So we'll called. Reuven married to Rachel, right? has got his sons, Reuven's got his sons. The sons are looking like Rahul and she, she is like a mizono tsunami over here, right? So she's blowing through the estate. So the problem is, the kids, not that anyone wants to think about the demise of their parent, but, right, one day the kids are gonna inherit the estate. At this rate, at this rate, Rahul's gonna eat, Rachel is literally eating through their inheritance. So I was saying. So the Shiloh just is. The Shiloh just says, "Do they have a mechanism?" So let's listen to this. So they come before Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Yochanan says, "Listen, luhu ara Go tell your father that your father should tell his wife this field is for your Mizonos. This field is for your Mizonos. In other words, bimiache property for her mezonos. So I was saying, now what does that do? What's what's the benefit of that? The benefit of that is, listen, Rahul, do whatever you want. You, you want to eat this field clean? Eat it clean. But Lama this is what you have. Your right, your Mizonos obligation is tethered or is rooted in this field. Fine. So it we'll sounds like a very good aid song. Also, looking so, so, at the Ishtag. So by the way, so after they got this Psa, which seems to address their issue, so I we'll was say, such as the Rabbi was saying is, you could remove the Mizonos lien from the property and essentially vest from the general what's called... Remove the mizonos lien from what? From the estate and vest it in one parcel. So they came and they told the Ishra, this great Azar Yochanan. So Amrulu, who king shari with No, no, no. What, you know what your father just did? He, he didn't remove the lien from the estate. He actually just added on another source of mizonos for her. Amrulay, Vahara Yochanan, lo Amrahaki. So said to Shluggish, Shluggish, excuse me. It's a funny comment. Shluggish, I mean, I know you're a great rub and everything, but you know Rabbi Yochanan didn't say this. Rabbi Yochanan argued. So, Amr, so listen to this. You better give her all the mazonos you want. And if you do not, I'm going to remove Rabbi Yochanan from your ears. Which Rashi says is an expression of excommunication. Right? I am right. Rabbi Yochanan is wrong, and if you try to conduct yourself like Rabbi Yochanan, I will have you excommunicated. So I Rabbi Yochanan, so I was saying, they came, <laughs> they came back to Rabbi Yochanan. are like, you're not going to believe what just happened. Rish yeah. Vakish passed him against you, and he threatened us that if we passed him like you, he's going to excommunicate us. Amar <laughs> shekinegdi, What can I do? What can I do? Ultimately, again, Rish is as great as I am. He's arguing on me, and I listen. You, you gotta listen to him. Some Rabbi above. So I'll say that I'll, I'll point out to I'll like, say, that. But wait. What's the machlokus over here? What's the machlokus? Rabbi like, Avoh "If I'm not the machlokus, is like this. Rabbi Yochanan clearly feels that although havok ramaisa mizonos is an obligation on the estate, like any other obligation on the estate, you could choose." To go ahead and connect that obligation to a particular parcel. I will say no different, by the way, that if Halakha is a man has an obligation of ksuva. The ksuva devolves upon the entire estate. If a husband says to his wife, he makes a particular field in apotiki, that she has to agree to it, right? And that, that field, that's your ksuva, if she accepts it, it works. Rabbi Yochanan is going to say the same thing short for Mazonos. Rishlokish argues, says, no, no, no. The obligation of Mazonos is an all encompassing obligation and you cannot remove it from the estate and vest it in one particular parcel. So Allah says, Seligmarah ends off by saying, I'm Rabbi the Lididimi far need Rabbi Okran, Amar, Lamezonos ribalah, Seligmarah says, Lamezonos ribalah, Lamezonos, Amar, Lamezonos, I'm sorry, Lamezonos ribalah, Seligmarah says, Ramezonos. So Allah If Allah Khadu Maisa, So at the end of the day, Rabbi Okran says like this, it all depends on how you phrase it. If a husband goes, if a husband says to his wife, this field is going to be for you. Limizonos, limizonos is providing her with an extra source for her mizonos. Bimizonos, however, if he says this field is for you, bimizonos. I say, what does bimizonos mean? Bimizonos means for your right. Limizonos, well, limizonos means for your tshuva. Bimizonos means in your obligation. What it means is bimizonos is a limiting, a, limi- a limiting, a limitation. This field for you is bimizonos, then ultimately cuts. I will say That's how the Rahman pass means. The Rahman says that if he says this field is limizonos, then he's giving her an extra source of collection. Bimizonos, ultimately, again, halok he's going ahead and giving her, he's limiting her collection from this particular field. Nara We have another minute, let's begin the next paragraph. Another minute. Even though we learned that actually, we'll say, we'll stop here. We'll stop here. Good. We we'll began the initial, we'll stop here. We'll say, mazaltov. And by the way, don't worry we'll say, You can see tomorrow is a very short time. We are right back on track. Baruch Hashem, Shkoyah. All right, everyone have a wonderful, wonderful day. Shkoyah. Jack, great to see you you <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you, Sally. Thank you. (laughs) Amen. Hey, remember?